0: I bring greetings to you in Jesus' name and thank you for logging into our service today. And now, just before I bring the message, I want to share a press report from our live community center in the cooperation with uh, this Abundance Agro Farm. They organize this Feeding the Poor Family Project. You know we have distributed more than 420 uh, chickens in the uh, to the com- communities around us, and before the lockdown, and uh, we will be distributing another 300 chickens uh, just before the coming Chinese New Year. Now we want to thank you for all your contribution, and on behalf of the church and also the communities, we say thank you for your generous giving. Now today we are continuing with a series of uh, teaching on the team together we overcome and i will bring you the message on this subject overcoming fears now we are living in the type of fears that we have never experienced before you know the whole world is terrified by a virus that is paralyzing. You know the governance, the finance, and the social, the economic stability of every nation. You know more than two million people has been killed, and many people are paralyzed with fear. And all of a sudden, this is an acceleration of changes that what we call a new norm. And we are wondering what is happening and when all this, you know, all this situation will come back to normal. Now, may I ask you, what is your fear? What is your worry or anxieties? What is fear? There are three types of fear that we look into: the negative, the positive, and the godly fear. Now, negative fear is an unpleasant feeling. That uh, you know that we are feeling that we always are in danger, or someone is going to harm us, or something is is coming to harm us, and this fear can be real or imagined. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, the word of God says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Therefore, negative fear can be spiritual. It does not come from God. It's a spirit. That causes to despair, that cause that weakened us, weakened our spirit into despair and fears. This does not come from God. And this fear is the type of fear that needs to be subdued, for we know the enemy is capitalizing this fear to paralyze you and paralyze many people. Now praise God for his word. The word of god everybody say praise god for the word amen you know he's the word of god has prepared us for more than 600 times he says do not fear do not be afraid let not your heart be troubled be not be do not be anxious hallelujah let not you know all this that the god has prepared for us don't don't you see that we have a wonderful god that God is always so encouraging and his word is so true. Now you see you may have fear does not mean that fear must have you. Everybody say this with me. I may have fear, but fear does not have me. Amen. Now why we have such confidence? Because God is for me and God is with me. There's another side of fear that is called the positive fear. You know, we fear when uh, we we fear to get fine, We don't put on the mask. We fear of uh, accident. We fear of fire. Now these are fears to protect us. There's another good fear that is fear that pushes to have faith in God. And the third kind of fear is godly fear. In Proverbs chapter one verse seven, it says, "The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom." And fools despise wisdom, fools despise instruction. So what does godly fear here mean? What does godly fear means? It means to respect God. It means to honor God, to revere God. You know, today we want to talk about overcoming fear, especially how can we overcome the negative fear in our life. We're going to read from the Bible, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 23. Now, if you go and get your Bible, and we're going to read it together from the text that I'm going to read in, uh, Matthew chapter chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Are you ready? And immediately, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship, to go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. But when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled and saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go for Jesus. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sing. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And they, that were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the son of God. God bless the reading of his word. Now, from this passage we read, you know, I would like to look at three postures to overcome fear. Number one, connect with God. Number two, connect with God to act. And the third point, act in your belief to overcome. Let's look at the first posture connect with God now in the context of Matthew chapter 14 they were just ran you see that Jesus had a very tough day you know his cousin John the Baptist was just beheaded and he may have felt grief sad and discouraged and and just put yourself in the shoes of Jesus if when you are in such a circumstance says what will you do Yet when Jesus saw a multitude of people with needs, he had compassion over them. He put his grief with discouragement aside, and he ministered to every needs, and not only that, he fed every one of them, 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. How many of us would attend to other people's needs when we feel discouraged or in grief? Now for me, I would have, you know, uh, put a do not disturb me sign and on my closet, lock the door and close, you know, and just put myself in alone. No more, no more phone calls, no more activities for the day. Now here we saw a very beautiful character of Jesus. He is always ready, you know, to connect with anyone who comes to him. In verse twenty-two, he says, "Immediately, after he has done all that he needs to do, you know, he uh, put his, uh, his uh, what he call his disciples to sail to another location. He dismissed the crowd, and then he told that he can be alone, alone to connect with God. So, for Jesus, when he was sad, grieving, and discouraged, what did he do?" Now, this is one important lesson for you and I to pick up. Listen to this. Jesus gave priority to connect with God. Why? Because he knows when he is connected with God, he will be refreshed, he will be strengthened in his body, his soul, and his spirit. This is the posture we need to learn and practice. So the next time when you are feeling lousy, you know, don't throw all your, your you know, your, your discouragement or, the, the, you know, your negative feel, feeling on your spouse, on your children or on your friends. Don't carry a papaya face around or a bitter god face around and tell the whole world to prove the point that you are feeling lousy. Imitate the posture of Christ. Give priority to connect with God. Now, everybody, you know, type in the chat room and says, Give priority to you know connect with God. Amen. Now share your hearts out when you are with God. You know what do you do when you connect with God? Share your hearts out to God and stay in his presence until you are refreshed and you are strengthened in your spirit body soul and mind when must we start to connect with God when the Bible says in verse 22 immediately you know my friends the answer that you want is now now is a time to connect with God now is a time to seek God now is a time to get serious with God and say Lord it is time that I connect with you and I need to pray hallelujah now we have heard many sermons from this pulpit to call you to spend time with God and uh, to pray to read the word to worship God how many more times must you be reminded you can't keep on living you know like an overgrown child and waiting for your needs to be met no children of God must live in fear God's intention is for you to live in love and in the power of his spirit and not in fear because you are a children of God and as a child of God, you have the right, you have the gift, you have the protection of God to stay on, to be strong and not to be afraid. In 1 John chapter four verse 4, it says, You are of God. This is your di- identity. You belong to God. You are a God and have overcome them. You know, it means that you do not fight for victory. You fight from victory. Oh, this is the word. This is the word that you must believe. It means Jesus has overcome all fears, all sins, all diseases, and all sicknesses. Therefore, this victory is available to you and I. You know, another power, powerful truth is Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he who is in you is greater than he that is in this world. So Jesus is in you, is greater than the fear that you're facing. Jesus is in you, is greater than the worries, greater than the anxieties, greater than the troubles that you are facing today. To live in this truth, you must be connected to God to live out the truth so if you are not scheduled time to connect with God you know it is time to connect with God if you have been irregular uh, you have irregular time with God it is time to be serious and be regular and for those who are seeking the Lord and you're doing fine seek the Lord for the new level of faith in him now church god is stirring his this message to call all his his people to pray to connect with him the call is not only for sibkl the call is for every churches in malaysia every christian in malaysia to respond and to connect with him you know i'm so excited about what is happening in our you know churches in malaysia you know and all the para church organization are making Uh, in our call to connect with God and suddenly churches are sensing the urgency to connect with God this is wonderful and NACM is calling for churches nationwide you know to come to fast and pray from 18th of January to 24th of January friends can you sense that? Can you sense the urgency? Can you sense the stirring of the Holy Spirit as speaking loud and clear? This is a clarion call. This is an urgent call that we must take heed and act today. Now history has shown us results of men who are connected with God and when they pray. Now what happened? Billy Graham quoted John Wesley connected with God. When he prayed, revival came to England, sparing the nations from the horror of the French Revolution. John Knox had a strong connection with God. It is said that when he prayed, the result caused Queen Mary to say this that she feared the prayer of John Knox more than she feared all the armies of Scotland. Wow, just imagine. One man's connection with God, you know, is more powerful than the whole army of a nation. My friends, rather than living in fear or living in many uncertainties happening in Malaysia, can we come together to seek God, to change the history of our nation? I believe we can. Just imagine. If one person's connection with God makes such an impact, what will happen when you and I and the churches of Malaysia start connecting with God today? I believe we can write history again. You know, when Simon, when Paul, when uh, Miranda, when Kenlyn, when Michael or when Gilbert and many more, just put your name there, for, you know, connect with God. Hallelujah. And when we fall on our knees and humble ourselves before the Lord and cried out to him, Whoa! Everybody say, Whoa! Revival is coming to Malaysia. And the gospel will impact exponentially all oh, throughout Asia, through, to the Middle East. I know that you have heard these prophecies, you know, that revival is coming to Malaysia and we want to realize this will happen. We must do something and not just wait for it to come. We must connect with God now and together we pray. Do you want to see this happen? That one day, our children's children will say, because my father's, of that year 2021 connected with god and pray revival came to malaysia and is spreading to other countries and it is still impactful today my friends the key is to start connecting with god so schedule yourself put him first in your priority list and you know when you come you know uh, into the presence of God, and you will see God's promises are true. And yes, and Amen. And you will see miracles. You will see breakthrough in your life. Why? Why would this happen? Because you know God. Because you believe in His Word. You know, in one John chapter five verse five, He says, "He who overcomes shall inherit all things." You know, because I am, I am your god hallelujah i am your god this is a promise of the word of god this is our god that he says you can overcome all things because he is your god wow when you have such posture fears has no time for you fears has no place for you fears will live will flee from you amen hallelujah you know our church just Just launch this call to, you know, to build a prayer world around your life and your family. This is a good start to build a healthy prayer life to connect with God. Register today. Just spend for half an hour. Together we come to pray. Now this brings me to the second posture. After you have connected with God, you must act. In verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I want to share with you this vision that I saw from verse 28 to 31. And I want you to follow me in this vision and see with me what I saw. Now the disciples were in the boat facing the rough sea, the strong wind, and the threatening thunderstorm. Jesus was standing in the water and about a distance, about 10 kilometers away. And I saw Peter standing on the boat to talking to Jesus, while the rest of the disciples were huddled in fear. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. And you know, we know Peter, Peter always speaks faster than he thinks. And he paused for a moment, you know, to act. To respond to Jesus' command, and I saw two words flash in the scene. One word is courage that was behind Peter, and courage was pushing Peter to move forward. And there was another word, faith, in front of Peter, and faith was just waiting and getting ready when Peter act. Faith was just join in, you know, in Peter's act. And and all are you know. They are all ready. They are ready to join Peter to act their faith. And when courage and faith join them. Oh, hallelujah. I saw that, you know, the moment Peter was still hesitating. But you know why is he hesitating? As a veteran fisherman, Peter, you know, has been jumping into the water. and each time he jump in, he sinks. You know, in fact, he had jumped so many times and not even once that he experienced that he can stand on the water. So he knows he needed courage. He needed faith to act. And unless he put courage and, and faith into action, uh, on what Jesus has commanded him to do, courage and faith is just a knowledge outside his life. It is just pure knowledge. The belief is not in him. No, I saw Peter when he took the rope and lowered down himself into the water. Just then, I saw the word courage and faith. Oh, join him, feel him when he put action in obedience to the word of God. Now, his belief is put into action to experience the supernatural. Peter was surprised. He was in awe. It was a wow moment as he was standing on the water. He did not sing for the first time in his life. When he put his feet on the water, he stood there. Wow. This experience debunked all his knowledge and all his limitations about God. Yes, he could do this. It, you know, because he co- he obeyed what Jesus commanded him to do. You know, Peter asked. I saw Peter asking the Lord to come to him, just like a toddler. When they learn how to walk, they asked the dad to come to them, you know. But Jesus told Peter, No, you come to me. Now, when Peter focused his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, I saw him, you know, proceeding, walking in progress towards the Lord. But suddenly the sound of wind was strong. Thunder began to strike. And the waves, you know, hit high, and it looks like it is going to hit him. And Peter took his focus away from Jesus and you know, looked in the anticipation that the wave is going to hit him now. And the next instant. I saw the scene that Peter sank into the the water. Now, let us revisit the scene. When Peter walked on the water, as long as he focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, he was doing fine. But when he shifted his focus on the threatening waves of thunderstorms and winds, you know what happened? He began to sink. What can we learn from here? When we exercise our faith in God, faith does not eliminate destruction. Faith does not stop destruction to come near you. You know, as Jesus, we have to keep our faith and our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ always and not to be affected by the destruction that's always around us. Why does this vision? What does this vision Teaches today. What does this vision teaches? When we are connected with God, we can communicate with Him. We hear Him speaks, and you know what He requires of us to do. Even if it sounds impossible to your understanding, you know then to obey, we must apply action. So, my friends, how much longer would you want to stay in the situation? knowing about courage. How much longer do you want to stay in your situation to know about faith? Hallelujah. You know, it is time for you to decide to come out in faith, you know, and to come out to, of your courage, and to come out to stand on your faith and on your courage. And, let, and when you do that, it's the same as like what Peter experienced and to know he not only know about about faith and courage he experience he experience the God that he believes when he put you know the courage and faith into action that is when he obey the word of God now in the recent watch night service we heard a powerful message to prepare us for the coming days of 2021 you know challenging us to consecrate our lives Challenging us to connect with God so that we can contend. Now, friends, it is not about hearing a good message and waiting for the next message to come. It is time that we must be a doer of the word and, and not just listener of the word. The truth does not set you free, but the truth applied sets you free. So the word of God says, faith without action is dead. Let's look into the Bible, James chapter 2, verse 18. It says, But someone might object and say, one person has faith, another person has works. Go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. You see, faith and action fit together like a glove in hand. Faith with action is a proof that I believe God is in me. And because I believe He is in me, I can overcome all my fears. We do not have faith. We do not only have faith, but we need to have action in our belief to overcome. Now this brings me to the third posture. That is, act in your faith to overcome. Now, you may say, I don't have the kind of faith like some of you do. You know, my faith is very small. You are doubting your faith. Don't doubt. Your little faith is big enough to act. Just like Peter, does he has a big faith? Jesus says that he has a little faith. But when when Peter put his faith into action, he was able to do the impossible and he walked on the water. You know, Jesus says your little faith is, is good enough. And it is, you know, that little faith as small like a master seed and Jesus in the parable that says that that, that faith like a master seed is, is strong and powerful enough to move mountain. So you must act in your belief and a faith as small as a master seed is powerful and good enough. It is no time, my friend, to doubt. You may have what if, you know, questions that cause you to doubt. What if my family got a virus? What if I lose my job? What if there, is, there will be a recession? What if my business fails? Oh, my friends. You're asking all this, what if, what if, what does it benefit you? The only thing that benefit is more worries, more anxieties, and more doubts. Now, we have to look into the Bible. See how David and the sons of Korah, you know, believed in their God when they were in fears. They did not say what if, but they used a word, even if, or even though. You know, in Psalm 23 that we memorize very well, and in verse 4, you know, David did not say, What if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and evil is waiting for me? He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I fear no evil because God is with me. And in Psalm 46, we want to read psalm 46 verse 1 to 3 the sons of Korah believe in their god and say god is our refuge god is our strength and the very present help in times of trouble therefore we will have no fear, even though the earth gives way, even though the mountains uh, be moved into the heart of the sea, even though it is uh, it's water roar over uh, and foam, even though the, the mountains tremble at its swelling, God is our present help in times of need. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God is my present help. In times of trouble this is a God that you and I believe as David and the sons of Korah did David experienced the faithfulness of God to overcome his fears the sons of Korah who believe in God and they declare the faithfulness of God not only the declaration when they they put into action they overcome all their troubles My friend, this is the same God that you and I believe. And He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And He will be the same tomorrow for our next generation. Can someone say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is important to put our act in our belief. That God is with me. God is for me. And together we can overcome. In summary, How do we overcome fear? Everybody, let's read it together. Connect with God. Connect with God to act. Act in your belief to overcome. I want to conclude with another vision that I saw. It was a very powerful vision and a very soul-searching vision that you must know about this. Do you want to know what I saw? Now just, just follow me. I saw two scenes. One in total darkness and one is in the light. One is a picture of a neighborhood in total darkness. There was no street lights, no home lights, no porch lights. And there was thunderstorm and it was raining and right in the middle of the neighborhood there was a huge umbrella and i saw many people running into the umbrella to get shelter and once they are in the umbrella they were stuck they were jammed they were directionless, and they you know were just bound in that umbrella that is another scene it was a beautiful bright and floral you know a fresh floral environment and it was very inviting and pleasant, and right in the middle of that uh, of that scene was an arrow that leads all the way to a more glorious light. But I saw no one choosing the light, but more towards the darkness. And I began to ask question: Why are people more inclined to darkness, and yet they are feeling, you know, secure under the umbrella? Why are they willing to get stuck, to get jammed, to be directionless and standing there and keep asking what if, what if question? The Lord gave me this understanding in John chapter 3 verse 19 to 21 that you know in the message version that it's very clearly. And I'm going to read this to you. He says this is the crisis we are in. God light streamed into the world but women and men everywhere ran for the darkness. They ran for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God's light and won't come near it. Now fearing a painful exposure, but anyone working and living in truth and reality, Welcomes Godline so the work can be seen for the God's work it is. Now you are in a crisis where there are fears and anxieties happening around you. Now you want answers, yet which sin, you know, which sin uh, do you want to choose? Which sin that you are putting your faith into? Would you choose the big umbrella? all the light that shows you the way in the same way god is saying i have a crisis with men i have a crisis with you do you prefer the way of darkness rather than the way or rather than my way why why do you choose darkness over light and jesus gave you know gave this checklist of reasons He says, number one, everyone has no fear of God. Everyone is not interested to please God. Everyone practices doing evil, addicted to denial, illusion, hates God's light and won't come near, and fearing that you will be exposed in the light. Now, my friends, I want you to consider these seven points or seven reasons of checklist that the Lord is speaking. It is from His Word. It is not from you know my own word that is speaking to you. The Word of God in John chapter three, verse nineteen to twenty-one. were this checklist cause you to consider God's way? Were this checklist throw your hearts out to choose God rather than darkness? Now, my friend, don't take the crises around us lightly. God is moving in the divine acceleration, and we need to stop playing church by living in the entitlement spirit of God's grace and God's mercy. You know, you may be thinking, God knows my weakness. Oh, He will forgive my perpetual sin. When I forgive, when I, I confess my sin, He is faithful and just to forgive all my unrighteousness well this is dishonoring stop doing that this is displeasing to god and disrespectful to the god to god's grace let us not take the love of god and the grace of god for granted stop living in such mentality stop living in such a lifestyle that displeases god you know god discipline and god judged too in hebrews chapter 6 his, the bible says if we know we sin and we sin again and again and again the same thing. We are worse than non-believers. Why? Because we are kneeling Jesus again and again on the cross. How even don't you think that is cruel? Don't you think when you when you sin against God again and again? It displeases, not only it dis- displeases God, it is wicked. It is oh, putting Jesus on the cross and nail him again and again. Decide this day, which way you will choose to connect either to the huge umbrella that looks that you are having a shelter or you can choose a line with an arrow that shows you the way to God's glorious line. Coming back to the definition of the types of fear, you know, do you know which is the most effective uh, key to overcome fears? It is having the fear of God. The fear of God is one fear that will root out all other fears. When we fear God, We are saying we want to live a life that is pleasing to God, that is honoring to God, that is consecrated to God. Then, fears has no power over you. Why? Because when you, you know, when God is with you, and you know, you can overcome everything that comes against you because God's perfect love casts out all fears. Some of us may say, oh we don't know how to overcome our fears you know but god is stirring your hearts right now and to to say it is time to come back to focus on him and to go to get connected with him again so when you you know it's time that you put your act into action put your act you know about upon your conviction that you're feeling right now you know he will enable you to look past all the fears in front of you and you will experience the God that you believe is bigger than the mountains that you are facing today. The decision is yours. Choose this day whom you will believe to overcome your fear. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your strong reminder of your word to wake us up, to connect with you seriously Forgive us, God, for the choices in our lives that breaks your heart I, Lord, I've decided today to come back to your ways and to surrender my life to you and start anew with you again and this is the year I want to start Oh, it's never too late It's the beginning of the year It is a good start for the year And for those of a lot of us who are having worries and anxieties, even fear of death, I pray, Lord, they will put all their anxieties, all their fears upon you, for you care and your peace will guard their hearts and their minds. I believe in your word, Lord, that your perfect love in me will overcome all fears, that I may live an overcoming life in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you Lord for your for your assurance God in Jesus name we pray amen Now if you have said this prayer and you need more help you know kindly log in to our online prayer chat room as you can see on the screen our pastors and our you know prayer ministers are anointed to help you to have a breakthrough to you know, all the things that you're facing today Now for, come let us, this before we close. Come let us rise up from the seats And let us stop, you know, doing what you're doing And let us sing this song together with the worship team God, I look to you